Welcome to the Online Marketing for Doctors podcast, the place to grow and scale profitable practices with your show hosts, Huyen Truong and Steve Tate. Welcome to the OMD TV and podcast show, the place to be to grow and scale your business. Now through our show, we like to give our audience some tips and strategies on the successful ways that they can use to grow and scale their business. And we also like to share success stories of people in the industry who are generating more referrals, more patients, more income, more revenue, more profit. Today we have a special guest on our show, Mr. Suryat Ganha, co-founder and managing director of Broadmeadow Medical Center. And the topics we're gonna discuss about today is three ways to grow your medical practice in a scalable way. And uh, Suras is running actually one of the biggest medical center in New South Wales, which was founded 21 years ago. And an interesting fact is that Suras is not a medical doctor or, or surgeon, he's a strategic management consultant. So it's very excited for us to here from a different perspective today um, as to what it takes to grow and scale a medical center which is actually one of the most difficult type of business to scale. This particular show is part of our special COVID um, success story series where we feature interviews with clinics who have successfully uh, pivoted and strived through the tough times like a recent COVID-19 pandemic. So thank you for listening to our show and welcome Surat to our show. I mean, we're excited to have you on the show and hear about your journey, not just through COVID, but also uh, in your history as running your practice. Now, first, I mean, for our audience here who doesn't know uh, a lot about you, uh, could you tell us a little bit more about you and your clinic? Sure. Um, yeah, I don't have a medical background. Mm -hmm. um, I've got a computer engineering background. Uh, so I did that in uni, became a, a product engineer for Telstra, um, and, the, and then a process engineer went and did some more some more uni work uh, and became a consultant so I was a, um, a business consultant in the tax area for about 10 years um, here and in in America as well uh, and after that came back and uh, had a bit of a okay what am I doing with my with my life sure yep um, and then went into um, New South Wales Health. So mm -hmm. I was consulting and, and working with them in their patient transport area uh, for many years. Uh, and that was a, over a period of around 20 years. Um, and on the side, I was uh, working with the Broadmeadow Medical Center, mm -hmm. kind of, um, that got put together. Uh, my dad was a GP mm -hmm. and uh, he had a couple of business associates as well. One was in, um, one was another GP one had opened clinics before. And so he said, all right, Suraj, I've got a, a job for you. You know, we need to have a medical center in Newcastle. Mm -hmm. Here are the guys that you can do it with, go forth and do it. And so with running no, I, it. Running it. Starting running it. Starting it. Yeah. Right. Great. Um, in the meantime, I was getting my uni degree and then worked throughout the whole period as well. So it was always a bit of a sideline affair. Mm -hmm. And it started very small, it started with with three practitioners. Uh, the building itself used to be a, um, uh, originally it was a service station, and um, then it became a fast food, fast food outlet, mm -hmm. Henny Penny. Mm -hmm. Don't know if you've got Henny Penny in Sydney. It's like a poor man's KFC. I'm not aware of it. Right, <laughs> yeah, not, not surprised. Um, so the building was triangular mm -hmm. to, a, you know, to have a drive through and have petrol pumps and all the rest of it. 
And over the years, we've, as, as we've grown, we've had to put additions on. So the first addition was a second level, mm -hmm. then we put another section out the back and another level on top of that. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of organically grown as we've needed the space. Sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then a few years ago, I got an opportunity, my wife got an opportunity to move to Japan mm -hmm. for, uh, for four years for work. Right. And uh, so I left my, my job at New South Wales Health and was able to focus on the business more than I ever have. And it's the best thing I've ever done. Great. It, yeah, it was wonderful. Um, Great. Yeah. And so what type of services do you offer out of the clinic? Uh, we've got GPs. Mm -hmm. So we've got 10 GPs. Mm -hmm. um, we've got Allied Health, mm -hmm. who are tenants. Mm -hmm. uh, so we've got um, pathology, we've got physio, we've got uh, pharmacy. Um, we don't have um, radiology because of power constraints in the building. Sure, okay. But, you know, we're, we're working hard for that. Sure. And we've got no more space Great. at the moment. Right. Um, so in terms of what do we offer, standard GP clinic service offerings. Mm -hmm. um, being Newcastle, we do a lot of workplace um, pre-employment medicals. Mm -hmm. And that's become a more and more, you know, important part of our business and revenue stream. And we also have an older population there in the area that we're situated. Mm -hmm. So we do a lot of um, uh, kind of medication reviews and um, health plans. Great. Yeah, care plans. Okay. Mm. Now there's been no greater sort of factor on businesses and, uh, and on the broader community than uh, obviously the coronavirus uh, pandemic over the last couple of years. Yeah. Uh, how did that affect you and, uh, and your practice? Um, well, greatly, mm -hmm. obviously. Sure. Um, look, a medical centre is a good business to be in in, a, in any situation. Mm -hmm. They're kind of very resilient. Mm -hmm. uh, so when this when this first kicked off, probably late Feb last year, 2019, uh, the question was how do we keep our doors open and keep our staff and doctors mm -hmm. from getting coronavirus, mm -hmm. right? There's no vaccine in the imminent future. Mm -hmm. so. We still have patients who need to come in for all variety of reasons. Um, we've had virtually no cases mm -hmm. in the Hunter region, mm -hmm. um, except a couple of Sydney siders who've come up. Sure. Yep, been kicked out. <laughs> uh, and so to, to achieve those two goals, um, we did a few things. First thing, obviously we put someone on the front desk and um, taking temperatures, asking questions. Mm -hmm. um, the second thing we did was Increase our cleaning cleaning regime. Mm -hmm. um, increase our increase our increase our. It's all right. <laughs> increase our um, amount of PPE we're wearing, which yep. was a real challenge mm -hmm. to get enough PPE in. Mm -hmm. um, Especially in the early days. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we were ordering in bulk from all over the world, really, mm -hmm. yeah, sure. to get it in. Yep. Some back channels, and the best thing we did was we we hired a demountable building and we fitted it out to be a respiratory clinic. Mm -hmm. So, if anyone looked a little bit suspicious, cough or runny nose or uh, shortness of breath, any of the symptoms, go straight there. It was manned by a nurse and a doctor in full, you know, biohazard equipment. They'd do a coronavirus swab mm -hmm. uh, and we had no positives, mm -hmm. um, but we've done a lot of tests. Um, we partnered with some uh, pathology companies to get those tests done as quickly and, and cheaply as we can. Mm -hmm. Um, and the fact that we set that up immediately uh, and no one else did it in our area 
allowed us that first mover advantage. Mm. So we were then able to um, take on so many more patients and in terms of the goodwill to our brand, it was amazing. Mm -hmm. um, a couple of clinics closed down and they referred their patients to us. Right. And we worked very closely with them. Fantastic. Yeah, to, so we were able to grow our practice um, uh, through that right. uh, and remain resilient. But everything became slower, you know. Sure. The, the challenges of the challenges, getting right. supplies, getting stuff. Yeah. Right. Sure. And telehealth was the other thing. Telehealth ramped up a lot. Um, and had you offered telehealth before? We had, but all due respect to, to GPs, <laughs> sure. uh, they're kind of a bit reluctant to mm -hmm. adopt new technology. Mm -hmm. I think younger GPs are more open, but mm -hmm. older GPs, the primary focus is I do not want to cause any any harm. Mm -hmm. And if you have a patient, you want to be able to, you know, look at them mm -hmm. and and touch them and. Mm -hmm and uh, to really be able to diagnose them correctly. Mm -hmm. If you don't, there's a big risk mm -hmm. of misdiagnosis and yeah, you don't want to do that. And so understanding, okay, what are the boundaries that our GPs are comfortable with? What are the boundaries of technology? What sort of other scope of activities we can do mm -hmm. uh, was a big step. Right. Um, and now everyone's on board and... Well, which is sort of the next question. I mean, that was your your very successful reaction to it uh, and like we tell all our viewers is being nimble and and flexible and being able to adapt quickly seemed to obviously have a great sort of effect for you and your business yeah what is staying in place moving forward and what do you see as as sort of the the aspects that you're going to keep in relation to this oh, good question um being nimble uh, is often it comes from a problem that you're faced with, or mm -hmm. or being um, being more reactive, not necessarily proactive. Sometimes, mm -hmm. um, so a lot of the solutions we came up with were trial and error mm -hmm. um, to get to where we are. I think the things we're going to stick with telehealth for sure. Mm -hmm. um, we learned how to churn our patients a bit quicker mm -hmm. because we don't want people sitting in the waiting room. Um, before it wasn't necessarily a factor. One of, the, one of the things we did to reduce patient, not necessarily patient wait time, yeah. but the, the perception that people are waiting is we offered free Wi-Fi. Right. Mm -hmm. Now it's not, this is not the first time it's been offered, right? <laughs> a few years ago, but people stopped complaining. Right. Because they just got on their phones and Away they went. Yeah, hey, it's something free, right? They were distracted and... Distracted. So now instead of waiting 20 minutes and getting angry, mm -hmm. you're halfway through an article or a game or whatever. And right. you're, why are you bothering? Can I, can yeah. I finish this first? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so tools to churn patients through a bit better. Mm -hmm. um, proactive SMSing mm -hmm. has been pretty good. So if we're running late, you know, your doctor's running 10 minutes late. Sure. Don't come in for that. Right. Um, and the respiratory clinic, we've talked over the last three or four months about getting rid of it. Do we need it? And we decided, you know, it's pretty good addition. Right. Yeah, I think it costs us 400 bucks a month right. to hire it. Sure. So it's, it's nothing. Right. Uh, but when flu season comes around, we shuffle people through there. There's less, less people sniffing, mm -hmm. sniffling and, uh, you know, sure. and unwell in the practice. Sure. Uh, and should this thing ever 
rise up again, mm -hmm. then you're prepared. Very good to go. Yeah. Great. With something like coronavirus, right? How does something like that, so variable, affect your vision for your clinic in the five or ten years? So do you still be able to I still be able to long term strategize? Uh yeah. Oh, look, strategies change, right? Yeah, everyone's got a plan until they get punched in the face. Yeah, uh, sure. And um, so I think you have to set those targets and those goals. Um, for us, five years looks like we're gonna, we've got a few older practitioners who are going to move out. So we're happy with the way our practice is running from an admin side of view. Our IT infrastructure needs improving, probably going to the cloud. Uh, which changes, this is more back-end stuff, but you know, that's a significant change for us, um, which will be good and welcome, because then we don't have to worry about our server going down. As long as we've got a, you know, got a um, internet link, mm -hmm. we're, we're good, to, good to function. Um, but the five-year plan is to get younger doctors, new young doctors in, to replace those doctors who are going to churn out by natural attrition. Um, so the strategy for that, the, we've tried all sorts of things to recruit doctors over the years, mm -hmm. um, from poaching good doctors in nearby clinics. Uh, a, a very good source is, is asking for a referral from our existing GPs. Mm -hmm. Do you have any colleagues or anything who are, who would want to come and work, work for us? Mm -hmm. um, and then you have to work on your value proposition. So what makes this a good place? Why should a doctor work here rather than than somewhere else. Yeah. Um, we've incentivized our staff, mm -hmm. so we'll give you a bonus yeah. if you can, yeah. you can get a, a new doctor in. Mm -hmm. uh, but one of the most effective ways is through training, getting a registrar. Mm -hmm. And um, you get a doctor who's, who's on a rotation. Yeah. They come through and spend some time in the clinic. More often than not, they've stayed. And that's the really exciting part mm -hmm. because they change the culture and they change the dynamic. Mm -hmm. And if they if they try it and they choose to come back, mm -hmm. uh, and and we choose to have them back, yeah. um, it it just creates a really good uh, collegial atmosphere, mm -hmm. I think. Mm -hmm. And and you get like a generational um, spectrum. Yeah. So doctors of all ages, from the very new to the very old, uh, and and that's been important. Um, recruiters as well. You know, we've we've never recruited a doctor through a recruiter, mm -hmm. but we've we've approached them a few times. Mm -hmm. um, we never saw the value in it from a cost perspective, mm -hmm. but there is value in it. You know, it's yeah. it's kind of twenty twenty five thousand up front, yeah. but that gets recouped. Yeah. Um, but we we haven't had the need to do right. that. Sure. Fifteen year vision. Um, <laughs> well, we run out of space, right? Yeah. So sure. I want to knock the building down and big, build a big building there. Right. And then put the medical practice, put, you know, maybe some aged care facilities up the top, maybe a day hospital, you know, a real medical centre. The precinct itself we're, we're in mm -hmm. is transforming. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah, that's the 15 year. Because you are also, I guess, servicing a much wider audience than you were when you first started out, sort of 21 years ago. That area, the people, the needs, it's probably changed quite dramatically. 
It has, mm -hmm. yeah. Um, particularly the aged care landscape. Mm -hmm. That's changed a lot. Right. Workplace-wise, you know, Newcastle still is not as industrial as it was 21 years ago. Mm -hmm. um, and it's, it's as people realise what a fantastic place it is, more people are moving there. Um, the the university's growing, so you get younger, a younger group there. That affects us because we're we're kind of nearby. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, I think um, we've just shifted. Yeah, people people see a GP because they're not feeling well. Mm -hmm. um, people stay with the GP because it becomes their family doctor. It's someone you can trust. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's up to the GPs to a large degree to build that relationship, mm -hmm. and it's up to us to make the experience as painless as possible, right? Sure. Um, yeah, you see people now, back in the day when my dad was a GP in a small clinic, people would wait happily for two hours. Really? Yeah, wow. sit there, no complaints. There's, a, there's, you know, magazines on the coffee table. Mm -hmm. this, is what it, this is what it is, this is what a GP is. Mm -hmm. And now you see, I, I myself get annoyed if I can't, if I'm feeling a bit unwell, get online got to wait an hour to see a doctor yeah right to make that's for a booking and then I turn up there after five minutes I'm like what are you guys doing yeah right? our attention spans have changed <laughs> yeah so catering to that that's been a bigger change than sure. than anything else I think sure mm. well going back to your point around scaling using doctors and just growing doctors who obviously help you sort of either bring in more people offer different services those types of things. Mm -hmm. Do you have any other sort of ideas around how you've effectively scaled your practice, uh, other strategies that you've used? Um, I think from a technology point of view, mm -hmm. that's been a big factor for us. Right. When you talk scale, I mean, there's you can, you can get more patients in mm -hmm. through the door, um, but that's not ever been a problem for us. Mm -hmm. I think because we are located in a good place, we're a big building, there's lots of parking, it's easy to get to, um, and we've always had good doctors and stuff. Mm -hmm. So people have wanted to come to us. Yeah. The problem for us has been how do we manage the demand, mm -hmm. okay? Uh, and it's, it's things like, okay, digitizing all our files. It's things like um, improving our patient check-in system. It's things like, uh, we need another room. Let's get rid of all of our paper files mm -hmm. and make another two consulting rooms, mm -hmm. which project took two years and the doctors weren't happy at the time because they like to have a paper file that, you know. They can hold, da -da -da. Yep. read through. Yeah, but it's, those things have changed. Yeah, um, yeah in terms of, we, we used to do advertising in, we used radio a lot. Mm -hmm. um, we used, uh, Billboards. Mm -hmm. Someone even tried to get us to advertise in a cinema mm -hmm. once. Right. Okay. Right. Sure. Um, which we didn't do. Okay. Because I, I was thinking, okay, I'm sitting there in a, in a theater, and there's a doctor. Is that going to change my thing? No, probably not. Maybe. Maybe. Right. Um, uh, what we found really effective was um, our own Facebook page. So mm -hmm. that Wi-Fi I was talking about before. Mm -hmm. To check in, you've got to check in on Facebook, mm -hmm. right? Oh, okay. So then you've got to be a friend of our clinic, and then we just once a week push out something or other. Okay. Cool. And 
We've also got a, um, an online booking system mm -hmm. um, called Hot Doc, yep. which is really good. Mm -hmm. um, big plug for, for Hot Doc. Well done. Yep. Great. They'll, they've supported they'll this. They'll appreciate it. Yeah, look, they've done a great job through this, this whole pandemic mm -hmm. in, in reacting very quickly and creating tools that mm -hmm. have helped us. Sure. Um, but they push a lot out through our Google uh, our Google presence mm -hmm. and um, yeah just by us passively sitting back and, and stopping pretty much every channel mm -hmm. except the free announcements on Google and, and Facebook it's just growing people have come from there okay yeah and hot doc's been good in terms of they've done a lot of research about when the most effective time to advertise for a certain type of services mm -hmm. so skin cancer uh, checks skin checks probably um, January. Mm -hmm. That's the, if you mm -hmm. put an ad out in January, mm -hmm. everyone's already been out in the sun for a couple of months, and they're like, mm, oh. "I'm worried about that." Yeah, pole. yeah, um, yeah. Uh, cervical screening. Mm -hmm. um, for some reason, in April, mm -hmm. that's the most effective time. Mm -hmm. to right. So you have a content plan in place throughout the years when it comes to certain seasons and certain. These yeah. are your yeah, right? Okay. Well, mm. They have a plan, <laughs> and we, we kind of just leverage off that. Sure. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, interestingly, I met you on the golf course, and after our initial conversation, I found out you're running a medical center and you have some time for golfing, so you must have done really well in terms of managing and scaling your clinic. <laughs> so, we talked about one way to scale the clinic, which is to add more doctors and maintain them and keep them happy. So have you got any long-term incentive planned to keep um, your doctors and your management team engaged and stay with you for longer term? Uh, good question. <laughs> That's the challenge, isn't it? That's the challenge. Yeah. yeah. So what the, question, the, the answer is, what do we offer that, that would retain them? Um, we offer flexibility. Mm. Okay, so each, each GP is free to run their own practice as they want. If you look at the IPNs and the bigger clinics, mm. you know, the, you're kind of more bound into, into certain methodologies, even certain billing methodologies at times. Mm. We like to treat all of, our, all of our GPs and all of our nurses as well, as if they're running their own practice. Yeah, and so they've got the flexibility to focus on a certain product. We've got women's health specialists, we've got skin specialists, who all do GP work as well. Um, but this is a niche area that they're interested in and so we offer whatever we can in terms of support um, on our website, in terms of if you want a specialist uh, skin nurse to come and assist you, then we've acquired them. Yeah, so that's one, one way to do it. The culture is the other, mm -hmm. so keeping people um, engaged and happy and working as a family. So the the weekly uh, doctor's meeting is a very important part of, of our practice. Yeah, uh, they get together and talk about first, general issues in the practice, second, uh, any problem cases. Mm -hmm. And then they start, you know, it becomes an academic ex exercise. Mm -hmm. um, unfortunately, during COVID, uh, our staff meetings have dropped off because we've been smashed mm -hmm. by phone calls and appointments. Um, and so we've lost a few staff over the last last month just through burnout. Yeah, sure. Um, and it's hard to manage that because yeah. you can't, even if you, you pay them more, it doesn't matter. 
Like you can only take so much, right? Yeah. I don't think this pandemic has affected anyone as greatly as it has affected the medical community. Like, yeah. it's all, they've borne the whole weight of the whole process. Yeah, and I guess patients don't understand that. Mm -hmm. You don't come to a medical clinic because you're feeling really great about yourself. Mm -hmm. You come there because you're not feeling well, you've got a problem. Yeah. And you can take it out on the staff member. Mm -hmm. um, but they've, I mean, our staff have just done the most amazing job. Mm, great. Um, but how do we retain them? Good question. Now we're faced with the problem. We've got a whole bunch of new staff. How do we train them? Mm -hmm. And because we've never had this much, this many staff or this, this much inexperience mm -hmm. at one time. Mm -hmm. And it turns out our training materials are lacking yeah. and are outdated. Mm -hmm. So we need to, to focus on, that's our focus right now. Sure. Um, is to get a really repeatable process in place and not detailed checklists about, not detailed manuals about how do you book a patient in, but more high level checklists about the methodology because the systems will change and, and the processes will change. But it's, it's imbuing this certain methodology in people, mm -hmm. which is a real challenge. So not sure how to do that. Would like to do maybe some video, some video stuff. Mm -hmm. um, We've got a couple of girls who we just hired who are former flight attendants mm -hmm. um, and no medical experience, mm -hmm. not much reception experience. But if you're working in an airline and, you know, that's that's a pretty... You've dealt with a lot of people. Right. <laughs> and a lot of situations. I mean, yeah, you're used sure. to, to, okay, what happens when the, the cabin fills with smoke and, mm -hmm. and yeah. you've got to get everyone out in 30 seconds. Yeah. Um, and it's been interesting hiring people from different areas mm. that has kept the staff mix fresh mm -hmm. mm. and now everyone's looking at problems differently mm -hmm. uh, and some of the feedback they've been on board for about a month mm -hmm. so i interviewed them the other day and said what's it been like mm -hmm. they said there's 50 ways to do things mm -hmm. you ask someone and they'll say do, do it this way someone else will do it this way someone yeah. else will do it this way so we need to which is a good and a bad thing right mm -hmm. so we need to have some workshops, bring it all together, and and as a as a group, say this is how we're going to to do this, yeah. and then document it and make it a repeatable process for training for next time people come on board. Sure. So in terms of scaling your clinic, um, you need to not spend time on things like this mm -hmm. too often. You need to to get good processes in place, particularly training processes, because your staff keep the whole thing going. Mm -hmm. um, and be able to roll them out quickly sure. and just get on with other stuff because mm. there's always something else. Indeed. So this is just a side question I have for you. Uh, have you ever thought of the exit plan or you know, sell, selling the business in the future? Because at some point in your life, you've got to think about, well, I want to do something else, why? Right? And running a medical center for so many years is, um, is a challenge and so, have, have you thought of things that you can do to make your business more sellable in the future? Yeah, we've been approached a lot of times actually. Oh yeah? Yeah, um, because we're big and, you know, we're, we're attractive in terms of everything we've got to offer, yeah. Um, uh, the question always comes down to what would you do with that money? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. Not that I've got so much money, it's not a problem, but this is a very good, source of, um, of, of income mm -hmm. as the building owner, which is, so I've got a, uh, I'm a partner in this business, mm -hmm. but the building 
is mine. Mm -hmm. So it's a pretty, it gives you some security at least mm -hmm. that the rent's gonna get paid. Oh. Yeah. Um, and as a day-to-day as a -day management thing, mm -hmm. um, we've got a practice manager in there full-time mm -hmm. and she runs the day-to-day -day really well. Mm -hmm. So in terms of the amount of effort that you have to put in now, certainly after being involved with it for, for two decades, you understand, okay, what needs to happen. Mm. Um, it's not, I'm not going to make the training plan, mm. right? We'll facilitate that through someone else. Okay. So in terms of the value for money, in terms of my time effort mm. and the return we get, mm. why would I sell it, mm. right? Mm. Yeah, um, because the business is running well right now and you still have passion for that and you still want to contribute to local community. Right. And um, how can you make it more saleable? That was the other, other part yeah, of the question. Like yeah, like to increase the value of your practice. Yeah. something? And have you ever thought of removing yourself from running day-to-day? You're -day? not really running day-to-day -day operation anymore, but have you thought about removing yourself and have a management team in place to do all that? Or you still want to get involved? I think you still, I still want to get involved. Yeah. Um, my, one of my business partners, who's an older guy, he um, he's run a ton of these different medical clinics and after-hours clinics and wow. and all sorts of things. And he's taught me so much about the value of understanding the the detail, right? Mm. Um, so simple things like looking through the the PL every month very closely. Mm -hmm. Okay, uh, if someone says, "I want to." I want to make this change or that change, mm. kind of understanding why and and the second you take your hand off the business, mm. it starts to get away from you a little bit mm. and then practice managers make decisions mm. that you don't understand mm. that may not necessarily be good for you for as, as a long-term business that may mm. be good in the short term but hurt in the long term. Yeah. Um, so I like, uh, I like the idea of, of having my my finger on the pulse. Mm. And I also like the idea of having <clears throat> this long-term revenue stream, mm -hmm. hopefully, um, that will benefit my family when, you know, we retire and don't have salary income anymore. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And maybe then, maybe sell it then. <laughs> but yeah, like when you watch your parents get older, you realize it's good to have passive income. Because mm -hmm. yeah. otherwise, uh, yeah. You've just got so much in the bank account, every year it kind of goes down, yeah, smaller, unless you start smaller. selling stuff, yeah. Mm. Sure. Mm. Um, now there's a lot of competition, I guess, in, in your industry, your space. I mean, how you've lost some during COVID, which uh, yep. obviously you benefited from, but uh, there is still some players out there. I, how do you define your value proposition uh, to stand out amongst your competition? In terms of attracting patients, it's got to be um, the the experience, mm -hmm. right? So it's got to be easy to make a booking. It's got to be uh, a, a quality doctor that you can trust, and it's got to be staff who are friendly and willing to help you, right? Mm -hmm. These are the things that make the difference mm -hmm. for us. Um, the fact that we're in a great location and have lots of parking um, and have allied health around. Mm -hmm. So you can go to the GP and then to the physio and then to the pharmacy in one stop, mm -hmm. which is not a new concept, mm -hmm. but it's, it's kind of a bit unique for, for Newcastle. And um, they're our big value propositions. Right. Just being convenient and efficient, mm -hmm. right? Okay. Um, yeah. Great. In, in terms of doctors, 
Mm -hmm. I've, I've already kind of talked about them. Sure. Um, in terms of what makes it attractive for the for doctors and for our staff. Um, yeah, we need to focus a bit more on our staff because everyone's got knocked around during the pandemic. Yeah. But hey, that's the biggest headaches I've got are staff. Sure. Yeah, yeah. it's always staff. Is yeah. Fun, yeah. Right? yeah, yeah. And they're, they're the biggest, uh, they're the biggest influence mm -hmm. on your assets, yeah. yeah, the biggest assets you've got. Yeah, we started taking uh, taking review. Our our Google rating was like two point three out of five mm -hmm. forever, mm -hmm. and um, it looks awful. Like when you when you look up a place to book, and you're like, mm. okay, I'm gonna trust my you know kids' yeah. health with that that bunch. Uh, but what we started doing is sending out text to review mm -hmm. like about an hour after your your consult, mm -hmm. and they're all positive. Yeah, right. It's gone up to four point three or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, and it's all praising the staff and praising this. So you feed back that into the system as well. Mm -hmm. um, but the value proposition of someone being able to look at your Google review and say, "All right, it's a good mod. It's not going to get much better than that, right? Right. Yeah, four point three is." Is good. That is good. So Anything we'll take it. Yeah. yeah. Above four is good. Yeah. 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 And you look at our competitors, and they're all kind of languishing um, mm -hmm. around the threes. The <laughs> threes. They're rubbish, <laughs> right? <laughs> Although it's a boy, it's an, uh, an important point that you're making. That just as a basic thing, it's very interesting that when you leave something like Google reviews to chance what you get mm. and then when you're out there being proactive about trying to sort of manage that it's amazing the difference that it can oh, uh, create for you absolutely we get uh, they were all pretty negative reviews mm -hmm. before mm -hmm. right because you don't if you have a good experience you just walk away and, yeah that's it yeah but that basic lesson i mean you guys are probably experts in this you gotta ask for it gotta ask yeah, for it yeah. yeah and you ask for it and, and you get it if, and if, if you don't like what you're getting, you just turn it off. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. sure. Actually, we also have a system in place that if somebody leaves uh, less than desirable star rating, let's say three for example, and then we will signal and send a different message to management team to deal with that particular review before it comes out to public. So that's another way of managing manage your reputation uh, right. efficiently. So that's something we can help our, you know, our practices, you know, like um, you know, in terms of set that in place uh, to manage their reputation better, more efficiently. Now, talking about um, you know another aspect is that we see repeatedly is that a lot of clinics have failed over the years because they fail to adapt to changes, especially when the market changes. As you can see, um, what's happening right now with COVID nineteen. So, how how have you kept yourself nimble and flexible throughout you know twenty one years of running your medical practice um i think we touched on it a little bit before mm. i think it's um i think it's reacting to crisis mm. often helps yeah. if nothing's happening if nothing's going particularly well or particularly bad mm. the the natural tendency is just to sit there mm. um or go and find problems that aren't problems just because you want to solve something because <laughs> yeah. you're bored uh, so it's a big challenge is um, looking out for the big things that are going to make a difference right right um, and doing something about it um, someone once told me as long as you're making decisions then you're doing something right they're not all going to be right mm. but if you make little decisions all the time uh, you probably going to get most of them right mm -hmm. and you're not doing something that's so big yeah. 
yeah. that it's going to be a catastrophic failure mm -hmm. to your to your practice. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, so it comes back, I think, to having your finger on the pulse a little bit yeah. to understand to understand what's happening. I mean, a, a, in terms of big market shift dynamic, mm. I don't think we get that in, in the GP industry. Mm. I think it happens slowly over time, right? Mm. And it's more cultural in terms of impatience and technology mm. than it is demographic. Mm -hmm. People still have the same things they had, whatever, 100 years ago. Mm -mm. Um, particularly now that we've had a pandemic too, come full cycle, right? Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, so I, th I think it's more being able to understand what's happening and, and if you see something getting a little bit off track, yeah. try and understand why. Is it gonna be a big influence? If it's not, mm. don't worry about it. Otherwise, try and bring it back to where you see your practice. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Suraj Nanda, that thank you for uh, joining us today. I mean, the, this has been a very uh, meaty conversation and you've given a lot of great sort of insights and tips into what you guys are doing and a lot of great takeaways that uh, our audience can use for themselves. And it is great seeing the perspective of someone outside of the medical space and how they approach running a GP practice. So, so thank you for that. Uh, and if you'd like to learn more tips and strategies on how to generate more leads and get more people to your clinic, uh, I would recommend that you join our uh, webinar, The Three Must Use Strategies to Generate uh, More Referrals and Patients on Autopilot. Just spending one hour with us in that uh, webinar will help you to master the fine art of bringing more uh, patients and referrals to your clinic uh, and generating more business for you. So uh, I will leave a link for that uh, webinar in the show notes below. Thank you very much again for joining us and thanks for tuning in. Uh, if you have any comments on the show today, please leave them in the uh, comment section below. Uh, otherwise, we look forward to seeing you at the next show. Bye for now. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to the Online Marketing for Doctors podcast with Hu Yen Truong and Steve Tate. Be sure to check out the archive section on our website for previous episodes at onlinemarketingfordoctors.com slash podcast. And subscribe to the show so we can catch you at the next episode.